The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Take your Bibles now, if you go, please. To the book of Luke. Luke chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 16 and 17. John answered them, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and he will gather the wheat into the garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. So, Fire for the church is good. Fire for the world is not. I want to talk to you about baptism and the Holy Ghost and fire as we start this week off. Because we've been traveling now, you know, 42 years of doing this, 85 countries. And you go to places that once had the anointing, once had the fire. And they will remind you, they say, back in the 60s, there was a great move of God here. And they're always like they're looking back. And over the years, I ask myself, why is that, why is that a problem? You know, and because you realize that the person that carried the fire went. They passed on, they, they moved on or whatever. So the building became known as a place where people would come. They, you could go in the back room, you see pictures of the place packed lines, cars, traffic jams, and whatever. And then it's almost like the church is now saying, oh God, if you could just send back those days like they were. But what they don't understand was the days never left. The days never left. Are you with me? The fire has never stopped burning. It's just people let the fire go out. Are you with me? Because you are the one that has to protect that fire and keep it going. Now, how many of you have ever made a fire outside or a fire in your fireplace? A real one. I'm talking about a real one. Okay. And I grew up with, we, we had fires in our home. Okay. And so we had to, we as kids, we had to go in the morning. You take out all the ashes and whatever. My mom would tell me in the wintertime, but we didn't have heating or air conditioning. She'd say, go now pack all the wood. So we would go outside. We'd chop wood with an axe, come in. My brother and I would put it there in the pile. And then we would put all the stuff with the starting. You know, we didn't use, the, you know, the fire We'd just take paper. You, you crumple it up, newspaper, and you put pack it everywhere. And then you put the stuff in there and you get ready. So... Later on, because it warms up in the day, but then by four or five o'clock, it starts to chill in the air, and then the temperature drops, and then we'll light the fire, and you keep the fire burning. We, we let the fire kind of wane at about 10, 30, 11, because we're all going to bed. So you don't keep the fire going through the night, because we're all moving from the living room to the bedroom. But that fire, every now and then, we get up, 
and just stoke a little bit, throw some more logs on the fire. And I realized that that's really what has to happen. Now, if the person who's in charge of the fire, which is really the pastor of the church, doesn't put fresh wood on the fire and does not, first of all, clean the fireplace, it's hard to make a fire when there's just ashes. Somebody said, yeah, but there was such a great fire. Yeah, but it burned out. That deacon is dead. That elder is now expired. Are you with me? So you're allowing that fire to come up. You know, the Lord spoke to me about the fire weeks, having an annual fire week, really when I got to Europe. And I went to the great church of Budapest, Hungary, Pastor Sean Dornemuth, and I'd been there to dedicate that building back 20 years before. I dedicated his building. At that time, they had 40,000 members. We dedicated that building, and I was only 37 years old. I arrived back at the age of 57, 20 years later, and I thought the thing would be dead, you know. I, I thought I didn't know anything about it. I walked out there that night, and it was like I never left. It's like I had a meeting 20 years ago, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, finished Friday night, and fast forward 20 years later, carried Saturday night. And then I looked. It was almost like I went back to the future. I've never had anything like that ever in my life. And apart from the fact that an angel of the Lord appeared to him the night before, and he was praying in his office, and he felt a hand, and a voice said, look up. And he looked, there was an angel of the Lord standing on the left side of him. And the angel said, call Rodney R. Brown right down to him to come tomorrow night. I, when I heard that, I was shocked. I said, oh, my Lord, I've got an angel working for the ministry, and he's booking meetings. How do I say thank you? And then I got kind of irritated because the angel didn't come talk to me. I thought, that's not fair. Come talk to me, go talk to him. But I said to him, Pastor, how did you keep the fire going all these 20 years? He said, because I realized after you left that I needed to keep the fire going. So I took a week every year, pulled everybody together, and put the fire on them, and I've done them for 20 years. And then he, he brought a kid to me. He said, this guy was six years old in your meeting. The fire hit him six years, and he's 26 years old. This kid was four years old. He's 24 now. He said, they married. They got a wife. They got children. And they my key business people in the church. And I started realizing, because we do it in kind of a way, but not like focused. Are you with me? So the Lord said to me, have an annual fire week. And then, and then I said, well, what about the children? He said, I do special thing for them. Uh, that's when the whole thing of the kids we could use, we came. And we will just keep that fire burning and you can see what's happening because when you birth in the fire you can't stand the smell of smoke and you realize you're not going to let it out now if I backslide and go lukewarm let's say you come here one day and I've gone woke <laughs> look I know that's terrible but look I mean it could possibly happen There's, I mean no it's not impossible but no but I mean just let's say that I've got woke I know I'm talking nonsense now, but, but you ask yourself, how did, what happened to him? Why did they do it? What, did, what in the world did they do? Especially the children of great pastors. Why would a child walk away from what the father had when the father packed the place, and then they empty the place and act like they are further advanced than the father or even their grandfather? What in the world? What is wrong with these people? 
Is it because we're in the 21st century, they feel like we have more intelligence now, we've got more technology, and we don't need the anointing, we just need technology? I'm just asking, because my brain asks questions. I ask questions all the time. I'm a person that asks many, many questions. I even ask them of myself, and then I have to answer myself. And sometimes I say, I don't know. Stop bugging me. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but there's coming one after me. Who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire? Who is he talking about? He's talking about the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means if you are a minister or you are anybody that loves Jesus and you hate the fire, then you are actually attacking the ministry of Jesus because he's the one that comes to baptize. John the Baptist said, I dip you. And Jesus is going to come and dip you as well. I put you in water, but he's going to put you in fire. This is not something that I came up with. I'm just from Africa. I read, I believe. And these people say, you go overboard on the fire. No, the Bible goes overboard on it. You either get the fire now, and the fire will come and burn out all the dross, or you get the fire later called hellfire. Oh, sorry, I forgot. There are people that don't even believe in hell anymore. They're that woke. They don't believe there is a place called hell. But there's even a fire at the judgment seat of Christ where all your work will be laid on the altar and the fire will come. It's called the bema. And it will burn up all your life's work. And if you built on any foundation which is not Christ, it'll all be burned up. Wood, hand, stubble, poof, gone. And you will have very little to show for your life. But if you built on the foundation, which is Christ, it'll be gold and jewels and precious stones. That's why, I don't know about you, I'll take the fire now so that I don't have hellfire later. And when the fire at the judgment seat burns, we have eternal treasure that we take into heaven. But some people don't believe in the catching away the church. They don't believe in the judgment seat of Christ. There's even people so whacked out that they think we're in the millennium now. <laughs> they think this is the millennium. If this is the millennium, it's the worst millennium I've ever seen in my life. You have to be on crack to believe that we're in the millennium now. When I heard this years ago, that an old African-American preacher prayed this prayer, he said, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of thy spirit and set my heart ablaze that I may burn for you. I thought, don't just dip me. Keep me doused with kerosene and just keep that fire. And don't ever let that fire go out. Now, when you're burning, you'll set off alarms. Are you with me? 
You walk into church, suddenly all their fire detectors go off. People start running. I've even been in churches. I start preaching. We want you to come to the church. We want to have revival. So I get up 10 minutes later, the power of God, and the preacher runs. The preacher runs, and he stands, and he's back in the sound booth, like hiding there behind the sound booth. Afterwards, what did he do? I just went to check the sound. No, he didn't. He went to change his underwear in the sound booth because the fire fell, and he didn't know what to do. Jesus came to save you. Yes, he did. But he came to fill you. He came to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And your job is to keep that flame burning so that you don't talk about, I remember when. If you talk about anything, you talk about this week, you talk about this next week. Not, I remember way back when. Because I grew up in Pentecost. There was, I want to testify. I remember the great revival back 1958. The power of God was so strong, my false teeth came out and fell on the floor. But I didn't care. I just gave the Lord the glory. You laugh. I grew up in Pentecostal meetings where they would preach and the false teeth would come right out of their mouth. We'd sit there as kids, and there's the guy's teeth on the floor. And they didn't care. They just walked down, picked the teeth up, and said, hallelujah, and put the teeth back in. <laughs> we were in services where the person's hat, because the old-time Pentecostals had to wear a hat, and the hat fell off with the wig. <laughs> with the wig. Boom, under the power. And there, the lady's lying. The wig is gone. You know, it doesn't look good when your wig's gone. One guy fell and his toupee came off. It looked like a convertible. It was doing this in the wind. That happened to him years ago, so he grew it down underneath. So it wouldn't blow off. Say this after me, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and set my heart ablaze that I can burn for you. And once you're on fire, you need to make sure that your brothers and sisters are burning too. And you, if you love them, you should challenge them. Hey, 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 I see flame going out there. I see, I see, it's still there, but there's a little coal. What's wrong? This that I'm speaking of today is not man's idea. We didn't come up with this in the Bible. From the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power or fire power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. 
That's what this week is all about. Are you with me? There's nothing like the original fire. I'm so glad that we don't have alternative energy here in this church. Holy Ghost solar panels. Holy Ghost windmills. Holy Ghost electric power. When you come into the church and you plug yourself into the pew. I'm so glad that we have a full flame, combustible fire that burns in our engines. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And God, through his word, supplies the fuel. Amen. Amen. So we say, how do you keep the fire burning? Inject yourself with the word of God. Amen. Amen. And then give out what you received. If you want more, you give away what you have. If I give away fire to you and then you catch fire, then you give it to him, he catches fire, then he catches fire, and the fire begins to spread. The devil's very afraid of that, very nervous. So be careful, be careful. The river people are coming. They're crazy. Those people, they, they're going to walk in. Yeah, they're going to be happy now. Oh, here come the happy people. There they come. And they're always happy. How are you doing? Oh, praise God. And, and, and you can't even say, you can't even tell them something's wrong. They're going to lay hands on you. Like, I don't want to be, I want to just moan about my problem. Can I moan about my problem for a moment? The moment I say, I just like, I'm not feeling, uh, before they, they don't even ask me. They just take their hand, lay it on me, start praying in a strange language. And I don't know where these people come from. And they do it in front of everybody at a coffee shop. They do it on a bus. I'm like embarrassed. I mean, surely you should confine that to the church. What do you do in a supermarket? I was, the other day I was in the mall. I'm walking through needless markups. And they're praying behind the shoes and the person falls under the power. The What's wrong with these people? Are they not embarrassed in front of the world? There's a lot of people trying to put fire in people's heads. I'm so sorry, but your head was never made for fire. Your heart was made for fire. Hearts ablaze, not heads ablaze. So that's what this week is all about. One touch from God. It's over, baby. It's over. One touch from the master's hand and, you're, and everything's changed. Hallelujah. You walk different. You talk different. Everything about you is different. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel it right now. I feel it right now. I feel the Holy Ghost and power. I feel it right now. I feel it in my hands. I feel it in my feet. I feel it in my hands. I feel it in my feet. Feel it all over me. Hallelujah.
And again, and I mention this almost every week, people say you can't live like this, but when you're in the world, you live drunk. When you're in the world, you smoke cocaine. When you're in the world, you snorted everything, you sniffed, snorted, injected, drank, boozed until all hours of the night, puffed. If you could puff it, you puffed it. If you could stick it, you stuck it. If, if you, whatever you did, you did to stay high. But we found there's another high called the most high. Can you say amen? Yeah, they'll call us crazy, but it doesn't really matter. When you're high and you're drunk, you don't care. You don't care what people will say about you. And don't come tell me you used to be persecuted. That means I used to be on fire, but now I'm not. So I remember being persecuted years ago. Oh, really? You mean when you had fire? Now, the fire comes, the first thing the fire does is burn out all the fear of man. It just burns it out. The fire comes on you, you're afraid, you're timid, you draw back, you always think of the consequences. If we do this, then that'll happen, and we can't do that. But when the fire comes, it burns out everything. Boom, it's gone. You only think about the consequences of heaven. Now, people that are outside the fire will come to one. I'm just going to tell you, if you're going to do that, that's going to create a lot of problems here. I mean, you're just becoming acceptable in Holland now, and you could choose a path that would make you even more accepted, but you are choosing a path right now that's causing some trouble. Fear of man. Fear of man gone. This week, the fear of man will totally leave everyone's life, not only here on this field, but those watching in your homes. And you will no longer fear man. The fire comes, what does it do? It burns everything that holds you back. It burns all the restraints, the things of the flesh, the things of man that holds you back. Just like it takes fire in a rocket to break the gravitational pull of the earth, it takes the fire of God to break the gravitational pull of sin and of everything that the world has to offer. So the crowd goes that way and you go this way without any fear, with no fear. It supersedes all of your deficiencies because you step from your deficiency into his sufficiency. Are you with me? Somebody said, I lack this, I lack this, I lack this, I lack that. Yeah, you do. But when he adds fire, boom, it's over. Are you with me? I've, you've heard me tell the story. I normally use it with the kids and youth. I never did this last week. But you go buy a toy, and on the box it says batteries not included. I'm convinced many ministers come from seminaries with batteries not included. And who would give your child an electronic toy with no batteries on Christmas Day? He has to open it and look. Oh, I'm so sorry, son. We forgot to buy the batteries. We'll have to wait tomorrow to get the batteries. You're going to look like a total doofus 
that you bought something that needed power and you didn't supply the power to go with the thing that was needed. Why would God raise up a preacher and not give him the power to go with what is needed so he can accomplish heaven's purpose and plan? Hallelujah. Glory to God. When the fire comes, it makes you usable. It purges you. It makes you a vessel unto honor. Sit apart. You don't fit in. That's, the Lord says, that is a special vessel unto me. That singing gift that you have, that Hollywood would like to take and pollute and pervert. Do not go that way. My hand is upon you, and I separate you to sing under the anointing. And when you sing, people will be healed. When you sing, devils will come out. When you sing, people will be set free. The fire will cause the gospel message to spread. Now, I've also used this analogy a lot from the story of Samson when he caught 300 foxes and set fire to the tails. You know, he put them together two by two because it's great. Two foxes with tails on fire run better than one fox with a tail on fire. Are you with me? Say this on me. Two foxes with a tail on fire run better than one fox with a tail on fire. So to catch 300 foxes is a huge thing. I mean, I've watched on television a whole group of Englishmen on horses with a trumpet. Tell you, tell you, old chap, jolly good show, boy. And they go out trying to find one little fox with all the dogs and the hounds baying. One fox. Samson goes out, he catches 300 foxes. Now, I also always use this analogy. Samson did not go to a special fox breeding facility where they were breeding special high uh, pedigree foxes with not a hair out of place. These were foxes just caught out into the bush. He grabbed the first fox. He looked at it, and the fox was blind in one eye. He didn't say, oh, we can't use the fox. He's blind in one eye. No. Does he have a tail? Yes. Put fire. They say caught the next fox, and the fox was crippled in the right front leg. Oh, we can't use this fox. He's crippled in the right front leg. No. If you time with the other one, the seven legs will still move. Are you with me? I mean, seven? Yeah. Because he's one leg short. Are you with me? <laughs> so seven legs. A seven-leg fox. It's eight legs or two foxes tied together, but if you cripple, you seven legs. But when a fire comes on your tail, you still run. So then he caught another fox, and this fox had no teeth. He didn't say, oh, this fox is defective. I can't use it. It's got no teeth. And then the other fox he caught is bald. No hair on his head. Yeah, but does he have a hair on the tail? Forget about the head. Does he have hair on the tail? Now, why are you saying that? Because you could be a one-eyed, crippled, toothless, bald fox. But there's nothing wrong with you that the fire of God couldn't cure. Because when the fire comes on you, you're going to run. 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 Yeah. 
So the other people were criticized. Oh, look, he's bald. He's, he's got no teeth. Yeah, he's crippled. But you've got to find your tail. You've got to find your tail. And you're going to run through the enemy's fields and set them ablaze. And somebody said, what happened here? How did they come in here? A toothless, bald fox showed up with a fire in his tail. Hallelujah. I want to encourage everybody because if he could use foxes. (laughs) South African joke. (laughs) If he could use foxes that were defective, he could use anybody. Can you say amen? Are you encouraged here today? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's using me. In spite of some of the imperfections that you see, the Lord is using me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. So the fire will spread the good news. The fire will spread the gospel to the nation of the earth. That's why the Bible says, not many high, not many mighty are chosen. God takes the weak things, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, that no man should glory in his presence. Now, come on now, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. That angers everybody because you didn't come through their ranks. You didn't meet their denominational approval. You were not sanctioned by the top board of this elite of the elite in that abomination. I mean denomination. You came out of nowhere. You came out of the wilderness. You just came running like a fox with a tail on fire and you didn't meet the approval, but you already had the approval. You had the approval of heaven. You had the approval of Jesus, the head of the church that gave you the great commission to go and do what heaven says do. And then, are you ready for this? The fire will protect you like the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace when the enemies were killed because they heat the fire seven times hot and they couldn't even take the heat, they were fried. But the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were walking in the middle of the fire, and the fourth man was right in there with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fire, the fire will protect you. Keep your family in the fire, keep your marriage in the fire, keep your wife in the fire, keep your husband in the fire, keep your children in the fire, keep the grandkids in the fire. Keep everything in the fire and you'll be fine. If you protect the fire of God, the fire of God will protect you. Let me close with this this morning. If anybody had an opportunity to back off it would be me. But you see, for me to back off, I would have to renounce everything that Jesus has done. And when the Lord first touched me with his fire back in July of 1979, from that day, I wanted to do two things. I want to win as many souls as I can, and I wanted to get as many people touched with the fire of God as I could. And the Lord said to me, this fire is for every, 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 every 
every, every. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this fires for every generation. This last week, a young lady walked up to me and she said, Pastor, can I give you a hug? I said, sure, baby. What, give me a hug. She, give me a hug. she looked at me and she said, I want to thank you. I said, for what? She said, because of this place, my dad came here, went to Bible school. He met my mother, who was here in Bible school. They got married and they had me, and you dedicated me, and now I'm coming to River University on August the 6th. So the fire spreads from, it, from one to another, 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 to another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. The mother even said there were times that she wanted to just do away with herself. And we, she'd be in a meeting and she'd be hiding somewhere and I always come walking around. Some pillar and say, you come here. Boom, the fire of God touched them. You know, and that's what this is all about. And you know what? All the criticism that we get and all the lies that we get in the fake news media out against us, it's all worth it when you see the lives transformed and changed by the hand of God. Can you say amen? So that's what this week is. This week will be, will be a week of the supernatural and the power of God and the glory of God being made manifest because God is no respect of persons. Can you say amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's for the young and the old. It's for every single person. Hallelujah. Come here, young lady. Step right over here. Just close your eyes. Lift your hands as you do the power of God. Now, in Jesus' name, comes upon you. This young lady right here. Step right over in the aisle. Just step back in the clearing. Lift your hands. Fire from the top of your head to the very soles of your feet. That's the power of God falling across this field right now, even in your homes. Come here, dear brother. Bring him here. Bring him here. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Fuego. Fuego de Dios. Fuego de Dios. Fuego. Mas fuego. Thank you, Lord, in this special fire conference, this special fire week for your fire upon your people that shall burn and burn until the day that you come to take us home. We're so hungry for more of you. We're so thirsty for more of you. Thank you. That's the power of God just sweeping across the field right now. That's the fire of God falling right now. Fire! Jesus. Jesus. Set him ablaze. Step here. 
Lift those hands. Fire. Thank you, Lord. Set ablaze. Set ablaze. Set ablaze. Set ablaze. Set ablaze. God wants to use every vessel. Every vessel. Not just one or two, but every vessel. The reason you're even alive today is because God's not done with you yet. I said he's not done with you. There's a work. There's a work that needs to be done. There's a work that shall be accomplished. There's a quick work that shall be done. And there shall be an acceleration even coming out of this week. The next six months between now and the conclusion of this year, you shall see the double and you shall see that which has been spoken by that which come from heaven and you shall see it made manifest before your eyes. For God is accelerating everything. You just have to look for the ingredients, which is hunger and thirst and pressing in, coming back to your first love, rekindling the fire, fanning the flames, and allowing the Lord to touch you, allowing him, allowing him, allowing him, allowing him. When you say, Lord, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I look like. Just come do it. Just come do it. Just come do it. Just come do it. Just come touch me, Lord. Just come have your way in me. Just come touch me. Change me. I'll never be the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fire of God right now. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost falling upon people right now. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Thank you, blessed Jesus. Thank you, blessed Jesus. The fire will release you to fulfill your destiny. You, what, what I see and what you see might be two different things. I see people leaving the eight days, going home and just blazing the trail, wreaking total havoc in the camp of the enemy, setting whole regions on fire. I mean, in every realm, from the church realm to the business realm to the governmental realm, it does not matter. One individual in the hand of God shall be used as a mighty individual to come. He said, it's not my word like a fire. It's not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. And you shall be a hammer. You shall be a fire in the hand of God. All the movies of all these Greek gods and fire and Thor, please, you can't come close to Almighty God. He's got lightnings around his throne. These seven spirits are the flames of God. Come on, please. You don't even understand him. You don't know his ways. You know about him, but you don't know him. But once you know him, those that know their God will do exploits in his name. 
and sitting under this pavilion today are men and women that God has raised up in 2022 to do exactly what he tells them to do. And sitting here are mighty exploits that shall be made manifest. You're not fizzling out at the end of your life. You will... <laughs> Woo. <laughs> You're going out in a blaze of glory, let me tell you right now. So I just want everyone to bow your heads right across the field right now. This is not the end of the service. We close with communion, remember. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation to different categories of people here today. Maybe you came first time, you never been in a service like this. I want to ask you a question. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? You went home, put your head on your pillow, breathed out your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Today, Jesus stands before you and says, come unto me, all you that labor and they have a laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you. Will you come to him? Will you say, yes, Lord, today I surrender. Today I give my life to you. Today I repent of my sin. Wash me clean, set me free. I want to serve you. What you see here today is not man's power, but God's power. It's very real. All the testimonies you've heard is real. The Lord is calling you. Will you surrender? Maybe you came here today, you say, Pastor, I never have really been around church in a while. There was a time when I used to be on fire, but I allowed the things of the world to come in. I lost my passion, my first love. I lost my joy, my peace. I allowed crazy stuff to happen. Many hidden things, the hidden things of the heart, pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. I allowed those things to come and put the fire out, but I want to come back. I want that fire reignited again in me. Maybe it's something outward that you got involved in and the devil used it against you to keep you in a place of guilt and condemnation. But today, you say, I'm coming back. See, it's either the deepest thing of the heart that no one sees, one outward thing that people are worried about what other people think. Forget about what other people think. Then maybe you're here today, you're watching in your homes and you say, I was doing great. I was doing well. And then a storm came out of nowhere and hit me so hard. A sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one. Something happened that rocked your world, took your breath away. But today the Lord says, come, I'm going to restore you, I'm going to renew you, I'm going to revive you. He loves you. And then maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, I love him so much, but I don't have the assurance that I'm a child of God. I, I don't have the boldness to say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm a child of God, but I want to know that I know that I know. If this is you and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are, quickly. Put your hand up right now. Just say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Come on. Hands are going up all across this, uh, this uh, pavilion. Right to the back, up against the fence. Quickly, slip your hand up. Slip your hand up and say, yes, today is my day of freedom and liberty. 
and I'm not leaving the same I came. Once you've raised me, but put it down, I want you to look at me now, please. Everybody look at me. Look at me, if you would. On this side of the pavilion, which is my right side, your left, you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included. Quickly, put the hand up and say, yes, include me. Right at the back, see your hand. Anybody else? Another hand there. Yes. You feel your heart pounding away. God speaking to you. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up. Right now, I see your hand. I see your hand, see your hand, see your hand, see your hand. Yes. In your homes, hands all at the back. In your homes, right now, put your hand. Somebody said, nobody can see me. Jesus can see you. Put your hand up right now. Do it. And then this side, my left side, your right. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up now in Jesus' name. Thank you. See hands. I want every person that raised your hand, I want you to stand to your feet right now. All across the field, stand, 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 stand. Even in your home, stand by faith. I want to pray with you and for you. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come and stand right here. We're going to pray. Come, come right now. To follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. people they always might say well you know I've seen somebody go a second time or a third time at the altar you know I used to do that my brother and I we must have <laughs> we went up every altar call I'm five he's three and for whatever reason Sunday morning was like a worship service 
But Sunday night was evangelistic night, and our pastor preached. He preached so hard. He preached on hell so well, you can hear the flames and smell the sulfur. And nobody responded. Then I look at my brother and go, let's go. And we'd go forward. So it's just my brother and I, because we felt pastor work so hard. Let's help him a little bit. You, you know, we, we were helping, you know. Sometimes we just went up to help the pastor because we felt like he preached his heart out and nobody responded. So we, we felt to go. Other times we just had a spanking and everybody knew what, what terrible sinners we were. So we, we went up because we let the water out of the baptismal font. You know, my dad had to marry a very big lady. I mean, baptize a very big lady. There wasn't enough water to cover her. My dad had to splash water all over, and we let the water out of the baptism of the so we got spanking for it. And then we ate the communion in the back room because we were hungry, and the deacon came to get the communion, and we had crumbs, matzos on us and the juice, and they had to sing another hymn to run to the store to get the extra stuff to restock the communion. So we got a spank for that. So we always had to answer our altar call for something, you know. So the deacon said to my father, why, why don't you stop your sons from going up? And my dad said, when they got it, they won't go anymore. Do you know that last week was like a highlight for me? My three-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter came up in the altar, and she raised her hand, prayed the whole prayer, first time. And I told everybody, I'm really messed up right now because that's the way it is can you say amen well are we going to pray with these people I want you to stretch your hand out towards them you that are standing here I want you to raise your right hand to heaven that's where your help comes from and I want you to pray this after me you in your homes pray this after me believe in your heart say with your mouth say father I come to you in the precious name of your son Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart, put in a heart of flesh. Wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin, and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross, and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. 
Now just lift both hands to heaven. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men of a woman of God and use them to impact this generation. We pray. I break every curse over them, every addiction, every spirit of witchcraft operating against the love. I break it. I send it back to its place of origin. From this moment, they shall be free, for he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And from this day, they shall walk from this place, changed, transformed, and shall go and do mighty exploits for you in Jesus' name. I take them and I put them in the hands of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.